Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. This topic um, was brought to my attention uh, this morning when I woke up when I saw a video from Two Raw for sports. If you all know who Tour Offer Sports, check him out. Um, he's a friend to the channel. Um, so I was watching his show, but I was a little bit sleepy, and then he was playing the audio. Uh, so I said, okay, when I wake up, let me just kind of um, kind of do the research on my own here and try to figure out what the heck is going on. But when I read the title of the show, it said something about some comments that Kobe Bryant had made about LeBron James when he first became a Laker. Now, as you guys know, some of you guys know I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Uh I think he's one of the five greatest players of all time to ever play the game, and I can argue that point with anyone. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Kobe fan, and Kobe actually made me a Laker fan, right? And as someone that had followed the Lakers for 10, 15 years, um, I learned, and I think it's the same thing that any other Laker fan uh, knows, I learned what the organization and the fan base expects from the team, right? They are very, you know, they, they demand a lot from their team. Right. They really, really do, because they're so spoiled and they're used to winning that they expect it to happen all the time, especially um, when they have a competitive product on the floor. So this is something that uh, we all know is one of the reasons I was able to see through Anthony Davis uh, like a like a three dollar bill when the Lakers went after him. And I said, this is not the person that you're going to build around going into the future. I said this initially when they pull off that trade and a lot of people were looking at, you know, his 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 production in the court. When it said that they needed to pay attention to his intangibles, uh, for you to be the face of that organization, you need to have a special type of mental makeup, right? And that's really what we're getting at at this particular show. As you guys know, Kobe Bryant was a competitor competitor of LeBron James on the court. I don't believe Kobe saw LeBron as a competitor. Actually, I posted a show, I posted a short clip on my Instagram of Kobe when they were asking him, like, "Hey, so who who are some of the players you would you know you would like to, to receive compliments from in the NBA?" And he said, "None of them, really." Right? Uh, I think the reason that is because Kobe, number one, is older than LeBron. I believe five or six years older than him, and I believe Kobe was chasing Jordan. So I don't believe that Kobe would look at someone that was chasing Jordan as well and say, "Okay, this is my rival." Now I think he had his 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 antennas pointed towards MJ. So as you guys know, when we found out that LeBron was going to be a Laker, um, there were a lot of people that were kind of like not feeling that move, especially diehard Kobe Bryant fans who knew what he brought to that organization and to that city. You know, five-time 
you know, five championships. He the king. Of, he's the king of L.A. for talking about sports. Um, so a lot of people were not feeling it. And then what happened this morning? I came across an audio from the Doug Gottlieb show that was actually published a year ago that I don't even remember hearing where Doug Gottlieb was basically expose, uh, exposing a behind, you know, the scenes conversation that he was having with Kobe, where Kobe was basically saying to him that he doesn't believe that LeBron has the mental makeup to be a Los Angeles Laker and to be the face of the organization. And I was very surprised to hear, uh, you know, Kobe say this via Doug Gottlieb. So for those of you who didn't hear this audio, I want to play it for you in its entirety. And uh, I want you guys to listen to it. And then we're going to come back and give you guys our thoughts. Take a listen to what Kobe Bryant had to say to Doug Gottlieb here. Take a listen to that there. And here's the story that I think connects it all together. I, I wasn't a huge Kobe fan as a, as a player. I just wasn't. I felt like though he played hard on defense, which I respected, and though he wanted to win, like Kobe's default in wanting to win was he just wanted to take every shot. There are good portions of Kobe's career that I I really didn't like. There were ways in which he treated people at points in time in his career, which I really didn't like. But version, whatever, 4.0 of Kobe at the end of his career It wasn't necessarily gracious, but he did come to like a mature, this is where I am. I'm kind of done. He, he's not only very bright, but he became really comfortable with himself. And post-career Kobe was great because he had true perspective on how immature he was for so long and how he treated people at times. And he wanted to evolve out of that. So one night, and I have talked about this, I was fortunate Kobe and I had been missing each other in terms of talking about youth basketball. He he coached his late daughter, also died in the helicopter crash. He coached Gianna, and they had had the Lady Mamas, right? And I had my own team and program in the same area, from the drawing from the same schools. And we would exchange texts and ideas and frustrations, and it was really, really cool. And we'd, he'd shoot me a text like, can you grab a drink tonight? No. We finally, I had drinks with him at your boy Rome's favorite place, Javier's. Okay. And it was the night before I actually guest hosted Cowherd. And of the things that he talked about, it was LeBron was coming to town. It was already done. And he said to me unequivocally, LeBron does not get no or understand L.A. And he's not built for it the way I'm built for it. And so I said, you know, what do you mean? He's like, look, man, I shot those two air balls when I was 17, and I thought the world came crashing down, and my reaction to it was I lived in the gym all summer. Hey, I that the 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 way in which people reacted to those air balls, shots that I shouldn't have shot, they were bad shots, but I missed by a mile, fueled me, fueled me my whole career. You know, I I took negativity and it fueled me. And when there was negativity with me and Shaq, it fueled me. It's like that's not what fuels LeBron. He's just built different. He's not the savage competitor that me and Mike are like, like I want to kill. I I'm the type of killer that wants to kill you and your whole family. 
LeBron just wants to be loved, wants to play ball, wants to win games. But he is not the killer that me and Mike are. That's his perception. And he's in an area in L.A. that doesn't, has never embraced him. Like, is it really that big a thing that they have murals of, even before Kobe died, that the murals of Kobe and they put a mural of, of LeBron and people, you know, defaced it? Like, that's a real thing. He, ha- he didn't, he's Moises Alou. He didn't understand that when he went to the Chicago Cubs, they were going to play day games. He didn't understand that when he was going into L.A., look, he's a better player than Kobe. Kobe Bryant is not one of the 10 greatest NBA players ever. He's just not. Okay? He's not the greatest Laker ever. I'm not saying anything that's blasphemous. Magic Johnson's the greatest Laker ever. And it's not really even that close. So you heard what Doug Gottlieb had to say there. I have a lot of thoughts um, on this. I have a lot of thoughts. First of all, this is a multi-layer conversation. I want to address the first part where Kobe had said to, allegedly said to the Gobbly that LeBron doesn't have the mental makeup to kind of work in LA. I 100% disagree with that. I do. I'm not a huge LeBron James fan because I said it before and I'm going to say it again because predominantly for his antics. And his fans have really, really make you want to hate LeBron because his fans, I can't stand his fans, the majority of them. And they don't like me either. So it's not like as if, uh, it's not like as if the energy is just towards them. They don't like me as well. Um, you know, and they know who they are, content creators and the such. I, I don't care. I mean, they, they're going to watch our channel anyway to to, to kind of like monitor what we say. And if we do a LeBron video, they go over there and twerk it up uh, all over the place. So I don't really care um, for them to that extent. Um so we know this. However, um, LeBron is one of the five greatest players of all time. And for you to enter into that echelon uh, of the NBA, you need to have you need to be made of some special stuff. Now, if we're talking about maybe, OK, LeBron not coming up clutch here, not coming up clutch there. That's one thing. But in terms of the mental makeup, I absolutely believe LeBron had the mental makeup for L.A. from this standpoint. And I'm going to address the standpoint of Kobe Bryant, man. From the standpoint of this, LeBron was or is or whatever the face of the NBA. So to a certain extent, LeBron knows what it must be like to be under the spotlight. In this case, the spotlight of the, spotlight of the league. Now, he was coming from a much smaller market to California, which is a much bigger market. But nevertheless, he's been under the microscope of the media gaze as a whole so it's not like as if LeBron was this great player in a small market that it, that had never really been the the focal point of the NBA it's not like as if you're moving to Damian Lillard uh to a Los Angeles you're moving LeBron James so I believe LeBron had what it took to kind of navigate that environment now there was an adjustment period for LeBron initially where he got kind of a reality check where Laker fans were not genuflecting in the presence of LeBron Laker fans, because they had been used to having so many great top 10 players, Shaq, Kobe, uh, uh, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So they didn't really care who your name was. And it was an adjustment period for LeBron. I think LeBron was used to, well, I'm LeBron. So if I get here, I'm LeBron. And Laker fans were like, we don't care. Laker fans were like, what have you done for us lately? And by that, what I believe they mean is if you're not winning championships, we can give a damn who you are. 
And I think any Laker fan would attest to that. And I think Laker fans, well, LeBron started to win over Laker fans when he won. And I think the adjustment LeBron needed to make, and this is true, he needed to understand that the Lakers don't care about what you've done before for other organizations. What they care about is what you're going to do for this particular organization, period, end of story. And there was an adjustment period, I believe, for LeBron and his fans. And LeBron himself, I remember there was a quote, he was like, you know, I was LeBron James. And Laker fans, I don't care. Right. We don't care. We had just won five championships in this decade. So we don't care. That was real. But in terms of not being able to handle it, uh, I would have to disagree with Kobe. Now, he did go to another level where he discussed um, LeBron not being a killer and all of these different things. What I think we have to come to terms with is simply this. LeBron is a different person in terms of his personal makeup. A personality profile than that of a Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. It's just the truth. LeBron seems like a nice guy. Kobe was right that LeBron wants to be a guy that wants to be loved. We see that every day with him constantly asking for validation. Rich Paul and these guys constantly asking for validation. But I think LeBron is great in his own way. And I think that what will never happen is that uh, Kobe Bryant fans, Michael Jordan fans will ever support LeBron the way LeBron fans may want them to. The reason is, is because that's just not their cup of tea. This is really what it's coming down to. It's coming down to a preference. Kobe fans, Jordan fans, they like they liked that particular thing about these two guys. They were mean. They were a-holes. They wanted to win at all costs. They were not smiling with you. They wanted to rip your heart. It's a particular type of thing. And I think that a particular type of person likes that. And I find it very hard to believe that you can love that type of player in a, in a, in a, in a Kobe and a Jordan and then level up. They're two totally different personalities. And I find it very hard to like that. It's like if you're a Porsche guy, you're a Porsche guy. Now, I don't know if somebody says, I'm a huge Porsche guy, I'm a huge Ferrari guy. If you're a Porsche guy, you're a Porsche guy. If you're a Ferrari guy, you're a Ferrari guy. If you're a BMW guy, you're a BMW. If you're a Mercedes Benz, some people just can't do two, the, the, the two of them. And I'm in that group. Um, I just I just can't. Some people were saying, you know, because the Clippers are going through some challenges, and they were like, okay, well, I'm just root for the Lakers. I'm like, I can't, man. I'm not with all of that. I'm not with all of that. I'm sorry. I just I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe if it was a different play. And it's not me hating on LeBron. I just, I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't job with it, man. I can't. Right? And there's some LeBron fans that can't get with the whole Jordan is a killer and blah, 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 blah. They don't like it. They will look at Jordan as, as a jerk. Right? And I think that's what explains that. Apart, uh, you know, the part Doug Gottlieb mentioned about Kobe not being a top 10 player. I'm not even going to argue that nonsense because he's one of the few people I've ever heard say that. Instead, what I would ask Doug Gottlieb is, okay, just say your top 10 list of players and then we'll begin to understand whether or not we need to take your top 10 seriously or not um i'm not going to argue whether or not because that's just so ridiculous i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna i'm not i'm not even gonna get into it but um in terms of what kobe said i would disagree with that right but he did he did characterize some other things there that were true in terms of lebron wanting to be loved now here's another part about this that i want to touch on before we close out is which is this i think that i think that we in the public would want to believe that everybody loves everybody in basketball and it's a brotherhood and it's all, which I think is a bunch of nonsense. Before these people are basketball players, they're people. Let me repeat it once more. Before these guys were basketball players, they were, per, they were people, which means that they have their own personalities and some people are not going to job with other people. 
if you are a software engineer, what does that mean? You're going to like all software engineers? Hell no, that's that's a ridiculous notion to have. So why would it be that all NBA players like each other because we're all NBA players? That's ridiculous. There are a lot of NBA players that don't like other NBA players. Look at Charles Oakley, look at Charles Barkley. Look at this, the feud that Shaq had with this guy. Look at the various feuds that various players have with other players. So to me, I'm not buying into all of that. Um, I do think that, and, I, and I'm just looking from afar, I do think that there were certain things that annoyed Kobe about um, um, Kobe about LeBron and I think vice versa there's the there's a famous you know article of when LeBron had to go to coach K and tell Kobe Bryant to cut that bleep out right so I'm not buying into this old kumbaya they offer I'm not buying into that because that's not how it works in reality just because you perform a particular thing doesn't mean that you and that person that perform that particular thing are going to be oh well I love that guy and I love it it's all nonsense please stop but in terms of Kobe saying LeBron didn't have the mental makeup I think I, I don't I don't agree with that I think LeBron needed to go through an adjustment period, which he did uh, with the Lakers. That is true. But in terms of being able to handle the pressure, I believe LeBron can, although he does it in his own way. So I would have to push back on that notion. Um, but, you know, Kobe was entitled to his opinion. I'm sure some Kobe Bryant fans. I think when I think when they say that they're looking at LeBron, kind of other things about LeBron, maybe like his unwillingness to take shots, you know, clutch shots, pass shots, things like that. I think that's what people penalize LeBron for. But if we're looking at, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're comparing them to somebody like Kobe, Kobe is the most clutch player in NBA history. So uh, this is not even enough for this guy. I'm not here to argue with the people in the back who has the most game winners in NBA history. That would be Kobe. Playoffs and all all around, um, he has 38. Now, some people have said, oh, well, you got to look at playoffs. Some LeBron fans have done that. Okay, well, then, uh, then why do you count career points for scoring? Why don't you just count playoff points? You, you, you can't pick and choose. You can't have it either way. But these are my thoughts. I want it to be as fair and as balanced as possible. Obviously, some people are going to disagree. And if you disagree, if you feel like I'm still being biased, you can find the biggest rock and go kick it. I don't really give a damn. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. About a week or so ago, we were producing a series of shows that were based on uh, some back and forth that were taking place in the media. As you guys know, Shannon Sharp came out there made his position after LeBron had said that he still believes he would have had the same career had he not gone to play with the Miami Heat. LeBron, I mean, uh, Shannon Sharp pushed back on that. Uh, who was it? Stephen A. Smith pushed back on that. We pushed back on that. But other people supported uh, his position. And then LeBron came out and basically started basically going back at people in the media and kind of checking them. So as you guys know, LeBron is in his 21st season. He's playing uh, stellar uh, basketball, to say the least. And to be honest, you know, the funniest thing is LeBron has reached a point where a few players reach in their careers where you get to the point where you have nothing to prove. He's playing with house money, uh, to be quite honest with you. He's playing with nothing to prove right now. I mean, uh, he retires tomorrow. I believe he's a top five player of all times, top 10, whatever, top five. Some people say top two, top three, whatever. Uh, nevertheless, he's going to be one of the greatest players of all time. If you look at his numbers this season, again, he's putting up stellar numbers, averaging 26.4 points per game on 58.6% shooting uh, from the field. Now, it's still early, but that's still an, an incredible number. He's shooting with 39.7% from the three on 5.6 attempts. So that's a legitimate 39.6% uh, and 0.7%. And that's the highest field goal percentage he's shot since 2013. So you're going about... 10 years back, he's shooting 69.1% from the free throw line with 6.5 assists, 8.8 uh, 
two rebounds, but he is getting you four turnovers. That's quite a bit with 1.7 steals. But nevertheless, uh, the Lakers had a pretty big game against the Houston Rockets. The reason I'm saying a uh, big game against the Houston Rockets is because the, the Houston Rockets are a legitimate team under the leadership and stewardship of uh, former Boston Celtics head coach Ime Udoka. And I wish he would get, he would get a little bit more press, given the fact, um, given given all the drama that was surrounding him after that knee-along Boston Celtics situation. But he's doing an excellent job with those guys out there uh, with the Houston Rockets, although they dropped the last two games against the uh, LA teams, against the Clippers uh, and now the Lakers. But yesterday, there was a pretty, pretty big game. In that game, came down to the wire, uh, and LeBron was able to deliver the game-winning free throw uh, for the, what is it, for the home team, in this case, the Los Angeles Lakers. And he finished that game with uh, shooting 73% from the field, 73.7%, almost 74%, 40% from the three, 77.8% from the free throw line. He got you six rebounds, eight assists, three steals, and only two turnovers to finish the game with 37 points to lead the Lakers. And at the end of the game, he was uh, speaking to the media, and I believe it was Dave McMenamin that asked him the question about, you know, some of the people doubting him, at, doubting him at this stage in his career. And to my surprise, or really not to my surprise, LeBron pushed back on, you know, critics like Stephen A. Smith and others who may have forgotten just how great he is. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what LeBron had to say. is only about a 30-second uh, soundbite. And then we're going to come back and react to his thoughts. Take a listen to what uh, LeBron had to say here. Off-court ventures than, than basketball. And you referenced that last last night. What had you thinking about it last night? And... Why now uh, to remind folks about what you're actually doing here for basketball reasons? Because uh, sometimes you need to remind folks. Yeah, the graphics said it was my 108th 30 point game with the Lakers, so sometimes you need to re- remind people. So that's what it was. Yeah. I was playing mad. 109 now. 109 now. <laughs> I won't put it up at the end though. It's okay if you do. Find different graphics. <laughs> So you heard what LeBron James uh, had to say there. Listen, um, what LeBron is doing is unprecedented. He mentioned later on in that clip where he said he's trying to kind of reset the narrative, which is, you know, he's playing at this all-star level at this advanced age at the age of what, 38. I believe he's going to be turning 38 or 39 this season. Uh, And he's playing out of his mind. I personally believe that LeBron is playing for, I do believe LeBron still wants to win championships, obviously, but I also believe that he's playing basketball because he enjoys it. Uh, And it's rare that you see a player of his caliber um, still doing the sport and performing it at a high level and still have the want to to go through the process, the grind of, you know, preparing your body, recovering, you know, after games and doing it day in and day out, traveling with the team and do all of these things. You can tell that uh, he has a deep passion for, you know, for the sport. And this and this, and this isn't happen with everyone. For example, uh, Marco, co-founder of Dreamers Pro, he's into, you know, athletics. And we, and we used to discuss Usain Bolt, greatest sprint of all time. And he always lamented the fact that he wished Usain Bolt had the same drive uh, to continue to want to dominate the way maybe LeBron did. Or you look at Justin Gatlin, although Justin Gatlin, obviously, we know what's up with him. But the fact that he kept on playing, you know, running at 36, 37 years old, he wished that Hussein Bolt had that same hunger in him. Uh, and Hussein Bolt, to his credit, he got to the point where he had achieved everything. And in the same case, you could say he got LeBron got to the point where he achieved everything. But LeBron still has the hunger and the drive. 
uh, to continue to go out there night in and night out and perform. To me, I don't believe LeBron has anything else to prove personally. I mean, you're a billionaire. You've won four championships. You have four finals MVPs. The only thing I can think of, you know, in terms of LeBron still playing, um, apart from the fact that, you know, he loves the game is to win championships. And I think that even if LeBron won, let's say another championship, which would give him five championships, I still think that there's a large constituency out there that would still feel that Michael Jordan was still is still the greatest player of all time. There are going to be some people that are going to be swayed, and LeBron is going to have the longevity argument in terms of the age in which he did it. But if you look at the Western Conference and the landscape out there, the West is very, very strong, um, and it's a very tough conference to win in period end of story. So if you're winning championships in the West, <laughs> chances are you have a very, very competitive team. And the Lakers have been kind of hit or miss this season. I've even heard some some speculations out there uh, that the Lakers were looking to go after players like maybe Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, who was allegedly supposed to be a Laker. But I guess we have to wait uh, and see. But I definitely believe that LeBron is sending a message to critics like Stephen A. Smith and others. And Funny enough, I don't believe Stephen A. Smith is a critic of LeBron. I think, I mean, last time I checked, Stephen A. Smith has LeBron as the second greatest player of all time, which I disagree with, but that's his position on him. I just think that Stephen A. Smith pushes back uh, from time to time. But it looks like LeBron is reaching a point in his career where he wants to ensure that he has the final say with his legacy. And if that means going out there, making personal statements, responding to critics on television, having people go out there and speak on his behalf, like Rich Paul and others, I think he's going to do whatever it takes to protect his legacy. And to a certain extent, uh, I can understand that. I think that um, eventually he will retire. But what he is doing, to be quite honest with you, is unprecedented. It is unprecedented to be at this advanced age. And to still be performing at the all-star level that he's performing at, I think it speaks most to his commitment to his craft and overall his overall passion. Because no one will convince me that LeBron is doing this for money. I don't. I just. I just can't believe. Yeah, he'll make money, but I don't. I mean, he made the joke about okay, we want to win five hundred thousand for the playing tournament. I understand it, but let's be for real. Is five hundred thousand going to change LeBron James' life? Like, let's be for real. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Uh, let me go ahead and get into this topic here. Today, we're going to be talking about that damn Dylan Brooks. We're going to be talking about that damn Dylan Brooks. Listen, uh, listen, listen. Dylan Brooks is a good basketball player, obviously, uh, a defensive player, defensive stalwart. But in my personal opinion, at times, he's turning himself into a sideshow. Now, some people have said, listen, the way Dylan Brooks goes about his business is what's keeping keeping him in the league and allowing him to thrive. No one is saying that Dylan Brooks uh, isn't a good basketball player. I'm not saying that. As a matter of fact, I didn't say that. If I look at Dylan Brooks, let me just see if I can pull up his statistics uh, this season. I think he's having a good year. He's averaging 13 points per game. 3.9 rebounds, 1.9 assists per game. What you won't see in these numbers is, is obviously his defensive contributions. Uh, he's shooting 51% from the field, which is extremely efficient. That's the highest he's ever shot in his NBA career. He's shooting 51%, 51.2% from the three-point line. These are all career highs in terms of um, percentages. Uh, he's getting you, he's shooting 80% from the free throw line, ties a career high uh, at that particular juncture. He's getting you 3.9 assists, a career high, 1.9 uh, assists. Excuse me, 1.9 assists, uh, game 3.9 rebounds. He's getting you 1.4 steals, 
and uh, only 1.8 rebounds. Now, as you guys know, uh, Dylan Brooks used to be part of, you know, the the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies, who at first were like the NBA darlings because they were like a college team uh, playing in the NBA. And after that, once the NBA, once fans started to realize these guys are more about talk than actual results, people people began to tune them out, and they ended up turning themselves uh, into a sideshow. And Dylan Brooks was part of that, as you guys know. Uh, recently, he put out some comments where he said that he didn't like the fact that he was made the face of some of the drama that took place with the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's one way to look at it. But we need to be honest. We need to be honest. Dylan Brooks brought a lot of the criticism on himself. He's the one that went out there talking about LeBron got to show him. What the hell does LeBron James in year 20, year 21 have to show Dylan Brooks? Help me figure this out. Is it not Dylan Brooks that has to show LeBron something? Or is it like LeBron James has to show him and he said, if you want him, if you want him, if you want me to take you seriously, you got to give me 40. You got to give me 40. And what happened? I think in one game in the playoffs, I think the Lakers ended up beating the Memphis Grizzlies, or I think it was a regular season game, ended up beating them by 40 points. And nevertheless, Dylan Brooks still finds it within himself to go out there and still try to poke the bear, which I don't understand. Because at no point in time, now I know he recently had a game against LeBron where LeBron didn't shoot well, but that's an aberration. Chances are LeBron is going to play well against them every time that they play. So what happened? Uh, recently, I came across an article that highlighted some comments from their head coach, Emil Odoka, who's doing an excellent job, uh, by the way, for the Houston Rockets. And he mentioned uh, a gamble that Dylan Brooks took at the end of the game. Um, against LeBron James, as you guys know, the game was very close yesterday against the Houston Rockets and the Los Angeles Lakers, and it was an inbound pass where Dylan Brooks tried to, um, uh, what is it, front LeBron to try to get the steal. Obviously, he gambled. LeBron got a quick lane, a quick, uh, quick lane uh, to go to the basket, tried to do a reverse layup, ended up getting fouled, made one of those two shots. Well, at the end of the game, I got a po- I got a quote here from uh, Kelly Eco. It says, "Email Doka." said Brooks gamble on entry pass to LeBron that led to the eventual game winning free throw wasn't a smart decision. Now that's what Ime Odoka said about Dylan Brooks. I want to get to the comments that LeBron James had to make uh, at the end of the game when he discussed what it was like to play against Dylan Dylan Brooks and his constant antics. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what LeBron had to say here. And then we're going to come back and give you guys our thoughts. Take a listen to what LeBron James had to say here. Uh, was there a little extra juice out there competing with Dylan, especially considering what happened for you guys? And you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's a great competitor. I like going against him. Um, and he was hooping tonight, too, for sure. Uh, he was shooting the ball exceptionally well, kept him in the game. They were down. I think they were down seven at one point. He hit two, two big-time threes to keep him in the game in the fourth. Um, so, I mean, it's competition. Um, you know, those young guys, they get me going, so I need that. I would say after 21 years to have, to be challenged that way, um, does that energize you even more? No, no, no. Uh, but I understand um, what competition is all about, and I love competition, so, you know, it's nothing for me. When you dunked the ball, I told Dave he is not 38 years old. What is a, <laughs> I mean, what, <laughs> but what is a pistol motivation for you after all these years? Uh... I don't know, just trying to push the limit, uh, see how far I can take this thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm it's me versus Father Time, so you know, I'm trying to change the narrative and uh, start off last year, you know, and uh, see if I can keep it going. But you know, it's just competition. And then I, I looked over at one point and seen Bronny sitting courtside too. I was like, okay, 
I got so got to turn it up a little bit more, even more with him in the building. So that was motivating for sure with that. And um, then my teammates, you know, they be joking about me, say I lay the ball up too much when I got an open lane. So you know, um, I just try to. I got to change that narrative too. I told him I'm not in shape right now. Let me get into some more shape. So you heard what LeBron James had to say. Now, here are my thoughts, and I'm just going to give you guys my raw uh, feelings on this. L listen, 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 listen. I know LeBron said that, yes, uh, I like competition. He's trying to compete, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. To me, this is clownish. This is clownish, and I'll tell you why. LeBron has pretty much accomplished every single thing in the NBA. What has Dylan Brooks accomplished? Apart from being a good defensive player and being an irritant. Dylan Brooks is known more for what he has said about LeBron towards LeBron than his actual defense, and that's a problem. It's the reason why Rui Hachimura of the Lakers said that Dylan Brooks at this, at this particular point in time is trying to find a way to be a part of LeBron's legacy. And there are players like this. There was a Kobe stopper, the guy to try to stop Kobe and so many other players that felt like, okay, I'm going to be the guy that's going to be a part of this guy's story that I'm the person that slowed this guy down. But in this particular instance, what happened? Yesterday, LeBron goes out there. He scores 37 points on what? 73% shooting from the field. I think he shot what, over 40% from the free throw line. I mean, from the three-point line. Shot what? I think roughly 80% from the free throw line or something like that. He had a fantastic game. And at the end, what happens? LeBron comes out looking like a genius. And Dylan Brooks looks like the jackass of the game. Had LeBron not had good stats and the Lakers still won, Dylan Brooks still looks bad. There's nothing that Dylan Brooks can do to make LeBron look bad. Nothing. But there are things that LeBron can do on the court that can make him look bad. So why take the gamble? Why take the gamble? Why are you trolling a player of this caliber. Why are you doing it? Now, some people think it's funny. I think it's disrespectful. I think it's disrespectful. Personally. Personally, I think it's disrespectful. And I can only believe that you're doing this to troll. I can only believe that you're doing this to troll. There is nothing that Dylan Brooks can do to LeBron that will affect his legacy. Absolutely nothing. He can play against LeBron. And LeBron can go over 15. Score zero points. And no one will care. No one will care. Do you know why? Because number one, we all know that LeBron is at an advanced age, 39, 38, 39 years old, number one. Number two, we already know what he accomplished. We already know what he has accomplished. So there's nothing really that you can do. I think LeBron was just being nice in his comments to not basically flame him. So he said, oh, I, I expect to go. At this point, if you look at LeBron in various instances of the game, if you look at some of the highlights, not just this, this game, the other game, they were playing the, 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 what is it, the Lakers were playing, I think I'm in Houston, and Dylan Brooks is standing across the court staring at LeBron. LeBron, I think, is laughing at this point. I think the entire thing is humorous. And to me, I think this has to do more about the, 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 the conversation around it than the substance. And that's my issue with it. I'm sorry, like, LeBron is not my favorite player. Uh, he's not my goat and all of that stuff, but he's still one of the five greatest players in NBA history, and he should be afforded some level of respect. He should, because otherwise, what are we all doing this for? Anybody can talk to anybody. So what is the purpose of being accomplished in your career? If somebody that's not accomplished, not even an iota, not even 1% of, of, of what you have accomplished, and then they can come up here and start talking to you. It's to me, it's just cuckoo stuff.
I'm sorry, you have to have something to show that you are worthy of even having a discount, a back and forth with this person. And this is the problem. This is the problem. You see it on YouTube. Somebody with 3,000 subscribers want to argue with somebody that has 300,000. Now, we got to go back and forth. Subscribers don't matter. Nah, it really does. And I'll tell you why it matters. Because the fact that you were able to gain all of those subscribers shows that, number one, you put in the work. Number two, you created a product that works. And number three, the person that has that very tiny audience for you to feel like you and that person should be talking is wrong. Because what's the purpose of then putting in the work and the accomplishment? I don't get it. If anybody can just come up to you and start talking crazy. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And that's the reality. You go try to jump on a bigger platform. Let me message a bigger platform. And we don't have anything to offer. They ain't going to listen to you. But like, what have you accomplished? So in the case of Dylan Brooks, what have you accomplished to feel like you can talk to LeBron like this? Whether you're being a sportsman or not. Yo, it don't matter to me who he is. What? It don't matter who LeBron is? Are you kidding me? And I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be up here sound like I'm defending LeBron, but my God, it's too much. If, if it was somebody doing that to Kobe, somebody doing that to Jordan, somebody doing that to Magic Johnson, somebody doing that to Hakeem Olajuwon, it's crazy. Gilbert Arenas, who we're kind of friendly with, a lot of people get upset with him because he's talking about Hakeem Olajuwon, and a lot of people like Hakeem is like a top 10 player. Gilbert is saying all of these things. It doesn't make sense. So to me, man, like Shaq says, there's, there should be some level of G14 classification. To me, it's crazy. It's like you being a billion-dollar businessman, somebody making 100000 a year wants to come and start arguing back and forth with you about business. How does that even work? It makes no sense. So these are my thoughts. I know maybe some people disagree, but this is exactly what I think. I think it's a little bit too disrespectful. Maybe LeBron is trying to play it off. To me, I think it's a little bit too disrespectful. Come on. Come on. These are one of the five, this is one of the five greatest players to ever play the sport. Give him some respect. Give him some respect. Respect what he's done. Because if you're not going to respect what he's done, it makes it, it makes it seem as if he did nothing. I'm not with that. So maybe some people disagree. To me, that level of disrespect is just a little bit too much. It's like you see players talking about Jordan who haven't even accomplished a quarter, not even a quarter, a tenth of what Jordan's accomplished, but talking about him like as if, like, that's wrong to me. I'm sorry. That is wrong. You can't diminish someone and what they did when you yourself cannot even do an, uh, 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 an iota of what they did. This is clown behavior. I am sorry. You're talking about Jordan. Can you accomplish it? Can you make, can you win a defensive player of the year? Nope. So why are you talking about Jordan? Can you make an all defensive team? Nope. Why are you talking about Jordan? Because you're making it seem like what the guy did was so easy, but you can't do it. To me, it's too much, man. It's too much. I, I just... I'm not with all of the insults and the buffoonery. Let's stick to the sports. Let there be substance. I don't mind if there's a back and forth, but let the back and forth be real. This is not even a back and forth. This is just some nonsense. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.